48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Beijing expands mass COVID testing as cases continue to rise. Here in Hong Kong, medical teams have begun vaccinating the over 70s at home and the chief executive says she's sticking to her timetable for relaxing social distancing measures. Beijing has expanded mass COVID-19 testing to cover most of its 22 million residents as cases rise. Authorities reported 32 local cases today, up from 19 yesterday. One Hong Konger living in Beijing's Chaoyang district, 35-year-old Elizabeth, told RTHK she and her friends have been stocking up in case of a lockdown. A lot of people are rushing to the supermarket to stock up. And then I can see on the street, these delivery guys are carrying a lot of <laughs> things because people are ordering a lot online as well. Food and refrigerators and all that. We're reminded by the Shanghai residents that we have to stock up as well. So I, we have already been stocking up since then. So I, I don't really have difficulties buying things and I stock up a little bit more since two days ago. The supermarkets in our neighborhood, they, are, they still look pretty normal. The number of new cases in Hong Kong has dropped further to 347. The number of newly recorded COVID-related deaths has also fallen to seven. The government says some 7,900 people have so far made appointments to get COVID-19 jabs at home as the scheme for unvaccinated over 70s got underway today. Civil Service Minister Patrick Nip says 20 medical teams were sent to different parts of Eastern District to administer the Sinovac jabs. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will stick to its timetable for relaxing social distancing and won't ease the rules until later next month. Government vaccine adviser Ivan Hung had suggested changes could be brought forward if daily COVID infections fall below 100. Mrs Lam says despite the current downward trend, she intends to stick to the original time frame for easing. We will continue to press ahead with the three-stage relaxation that I have announced on the 21st of March, unless there was a sudden surge in COVID-19 infection cases. But that looks quite unlikely. So the second stage is intended to take place about a month from the first phase. That is the second half of May. So this is the plan at the moment. Separately, Mrs Lam was asked to comment on whether or not there were implications for Hong Kong's media freedom in the decision of the Foreign Correspondents Club to suspend its Human Rights Press Awards and on a political commentator's decision to leave the SAR. Mrs Lam said while press freedom is enshrined in the basic law, people have to abide by the law in exercising their rights. So uh, I I have um, no particular comment on those uh, two incidents that you have quoted because the first incident is an award event which was organised by a private organisation. If that same organisation decided not to hold that event. A government official could not comment on it. The answer has to be given by that particular organisation. Political commentator Chung Kim Wa recently left Hong Kong for the UK. Mrs Lam says the basic law guarantees that residents can freely enter or leave the SAR. Researchers and social workers looking into the issue of sexual violence have called for more public education on the behaviour of non-consensual photography 
after they found that many offenders did not understand the gravity of such acts or why they did them. A research team from Caritas Hong Kong and Lingnan University interviewed 50 men who'd received counselling for secretly taking photos of other people's intimate parts. They found some offenders had felt shame over their conduct, but believed it was nothing serious. Associate Professor Annie Chan from Lingnan University said upskirt photography is a growing social problem, adding that labelling offenders won't help solve it. They did not, and many of them still do not understand why they did what they did. And for me, this is a very, very sad state of affairs. Right? So I think it's really a serious problem that we really have to not only think of them as wolves or demons or perverts, but they, these are really, these are everyday men. Just, they're just regular men who need help. Two, the weather forecast, cloudy periods overnight with coastal mist in the morning and a minimum temperature of about 26 degrees. Mainly fine and hot later on with a top temperature of about 32 degrees and light to moderate south to southeasterly winds. The outlook mainly fine and hot in the next few days. Currently the observatory 27 degrees Celsius, humidity 83%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. A 35-year-old man who admitted spitting on the doors of neighbours at a lockdown housing estate at the height of the fifth Covid wave has been jailed. Frank Jung has details. The West Kowloon Magistracy heard that Ng Lun Chong spat on the metal gates and doorbells of two flats in Chen Kwai House while the Kwai Chung estate was subject to a Covid testing lockdown in January. Mr Ng, who lives in a nearby block, had told police that he needed to spit after choking while drinking water. He pleaded guilty to two counts of spitting in public. A loitering charge was dropped. In mitigation, his defense said Mr Ng regretted his disgusting actions. They asked for a fine instead of a prison term. But Principal Magistrate Ivy Choi said that, after reviewing video of the incident, it was clear that the defendant deliberately spat outside the homes. She called his actions selfish and unhygienic. She said a fine was insufficient. Taking into account his guilty plea, she jailed him for 30 days. A man has been arrested on suspicion of disclosing the personal data of three people without their consent. The Privacy Commission says this is the second such arrest since doxing became a criminal offence last year. It says the 41-year-old arrested is alleged to have made public the names and phone numbers of the three individuals as well as the company they worked for. In Pakistan, three Chinese nationals have been killed after a bomb ripped through their passenger van in the southern port city of Karachi. The Baloch Liberation Army separatist group claimed responsibility for the blast. In an email sent to a Reuters reporter, it said the attack had been carried out by a woman suicide bomber. The blast was the first major attack against Chinese nationals in Pakistan since nine were killed last year in a suicide bombing in the north of the country. The mother of a man due to be executed in Singapore tomorrow has failed in a last-minute appeal against his sentence. Nagenthran Dharmalingam, who has a low IQ, is on death row for smuggling a small amount of heroin into the country. From Singapore, here's the BBC's Suranjana Tewari. Nagendran Dharmalingam has been on death row for more than a decade for trafficking 43 grams, roughly three tablespoons of heroin, into Singapore from Malaysia. Supporters say he has an IQ of 69, a level recognised as a disability. But Singapore's Ministry of Home Affairs said the High Court found he knew what he was doing at the time of the offence. Singapore has a zero-tolerance policy towards drug trafficking, and the government says the death penalty acts as a crucial deterrent 
In a major policy shift, the German government has authorised the sale of anti-aircraft tanks to Ukraine. The government of Olaf Scholz has faced increasing criticism over its reluctance to arm Ukrainian forces with more powerful equipment. The change was confirmed by Germany's defence minister, Christine Lambrecht. This is exactly what Ukraine needs now to secure its airspace from the ground. That has become very clear. Germany is prepared to do this and during this conference we'll explore all possible avenues how we can support Ukraine in this important and courageous fight for freedom and peace. The decision was announced as ministers from 40 countries met at the US Rammstein Air Base in Germany to discuss supplying extra military aid to Ukraine. Meanwhile, Ukraine says the town of Zaporizhia in the southeast of the country has been attacked for the first time since the Russian offensive began. The local authorities say two guided missiles hit a factory, killing one person and wounding another. The city has been the first stopping-off point for many civilians fleeing the fighting in the southern port city of Mariupol. The government in Sri Lanka, which has run out of money to import food, fuel and medicine, has come up with a new visa plan to bring in foreign currency. The Golden Paradise visa programme will allow foreigners to live and work in the country for 10 years if they deposit at least US$100,000 in a local bank. Sri Lanka's media minister said the scheme would help tackle what he called the worst financial crisis since independence. There have been widespread anti-government protests over the desperate shortage of basic goods and demands for President Gotapaya Rajapaksa to quit. A second Ebola patient has died in the Democratic Republic of Congo, days after a fresh outbreak emerged in the city of Mbandaka in Equator province. Health authorities said more than 100 people have been identified as possible contacts and a vaccine was expected to be rolled out this week. The BBC's Rhoda Odiambo reports from Nairobi. The World Health Organization said the second fatality was a female relative of the first case who died of the disease last week. The response team says her death could have been prevented had she not escaped to a prayer meeting. By the time she was found, it was too late. Some polls analyzed at the main laboratory in Kinshasa showed that this new outbreak is not linked to previous ones. Investigations are ongoing to determine the source of the new outbreak. To finance news, HSBC has reported a slide in first quarter earnings as COVID, higher inflation and the war in Ukraine hit revenues. The Asia-focused British bank's pre-tax profit was down nearly 28% year-on-year to US$4.2 billion. Here's HSBC's Chief Financial Officer Ewan Stevenson. Branch closures and soft markets clearly impacted revenue, but we continue to see good sales activity in the quarter underpinned by the increasing shift to digital sales and the investment we've made over recent years to support this. As we've seen globally with the short cycle of Omicron, Hong Kong is now starting to reopen. Our branches are operating normally again as of last week and we expect client activity to begin to normalise as a result. A Citibank survey has found the number of self-reported multi-millionaires in Hong Kong dropped by 15% to 434,000 last year. That amounts to about 7.4% of the SAR's adult population. In 2020, there were a record high 515,000 multi-millionaires, meaning they had more than 10 million Hong Kong dollars in total net assets and at least 1 million in liquid assets. Josephine Lee, head of retail banking for Citibank Hong Kong, said the drop was partly due to market volatility. If you look at 
the data that we collected in the past 10 years, the multi-millionaire population, there will be like up and down, even in this 10 years tenor. Say for example, in 2018, the multi-millionaire actually recorded 511,000, and it was 2019, it was dropped to 430,000. The government has scrapped the sale of a residential site on Castle Peak Road in Toon Moon after all five bids fell short of its reserve price. It's only the second time the government has withdrawn a land sale since 2018, when a site at Mansfield Road at the peak had to be divided into two and re-offered. And in sports, world tennis star Rafa Nadal is to open his first tennis centre in Asia, in Saikung. The 21-time Grand Slam winner will team up with the Hong Kong Golf and Tennis Academy to establish tailor-made programmes to nurture more talent in the SAR. Nadal says he believes the project will be a success and wants to expand his methods to reach as many young players as possible. Julian Baker from Baptist University's Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health described the opening of the tennis school as excellent news for the community. Coaching is, is a big thing in terms of talent identification. You know, if you've got a talented individual, you've got to be able to coach them at the right level to bring the best out of that person. So they do need help along the developmental pathway, even though they may be very good. The Boston Celtics have finished off Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA playoffs. The Celtics took Game 4 of their first round series 116-112 to for a four-game sweep. Jason Tatum led Boston with 29 points. We knew it was going to be tough, and I think that was good for us. I think just knowing that who they got on their team and what they're capable of had us that much more locked in from the first game. You know, even though we swept them, you know, buzzer beater game one, down 17 game two, five-point game with eight minutes left in game three, and then yeah, we won by four tonight. You know, every game was, was tough, but we was locked in from the beginning. The Toronto Raptors pulled their Eastern Conference series back to 2-3 after topping the Philadelphia 76ers 103-88. The Dallas Mavericks have a 3-2 advantage over the Utah Jazz thanks to a 102-77 route in Game 5. Champions League football returns tonight with Manchester City hosting 13-time winners Real Madrid in the opening leg of their semi-final. City have never won the top European trophy but were runners-up to Chelsea last season. Manager Pep Guardiola says his side won't be intimidated by Real's impressive pedigree in the competition. Well, if we have to compete with the history, we don't have any chance. They are better, so history speaks for itself. So, but we have the, you know, the desire to compete against them. Uh, for us, playing against Real Madrid is incredible test and proof, and and we wanna we wanna try it. Before the last decade, we were not almost never here. Now we start to be here, and yeah, it's good. And that match kicks off at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Hong Kong time. A reminder of our top story tonight, Beijing expands mass COVID testing as cases continue to rise. And that's the news from RTHK. Game. Laughing and running, hey, hey, 
skipping and a jumping in the misty morning fog with all oh, our hearts are thumping and you a brown eyed girl Slow, gone down the old man with a transistor radio. Standing in the sunlight, laughing, hiding behind a rainbow's wall, slipping and sliding all along the waterfall with you, a brown-eyed girl. Two of our marvellous musical, magical mystery tour with me, Peter King, of course, through to 1am. That includes our sentimental journey at five past midnight. Want to be in touch? It's Radio Peter Gmail. If we can find you a song, a couple of requests in just now. Helen Reddy's next. She's got 